It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. During Owner Appreciation Month, finance get $3,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 and dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm Shane Harrison, and I'm here this week with Becca Godwin, who uh, has been here with us before and brought us some really great stories. Uh, Welcome, Becca. Hey, Shane. How's it going? It's great. And uh, so tell us a little bit about what you brought us this time. Absolutely. So... Um, today, the story we have is about um, the Zadie Project, right. which if you say that, I think at this point, not a lot of people in Atlanta would be familiar with it or know what that is exactly. But then if I say the name Super Jenny, yes. you're probably much more likely to know that that term because that is or that name because that is um, the name of there are four restaurants in Atlanta now four Super Jenny's. Right. Um, there's one in Brookhaven, Decatur, Buckhead and on the west side. Yeah. And there's one coming to Roswell soon. Right. But um, Super Jenny has been in Atlanta for about um, nearly 20 years now. Wow. And she had that her restaurant have sort of a cult following um people love 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 super jenny it's always packed slammed have you are you familiar oh i am yes yes i am i know there's there's one very close to me in decatur so i am quite familiar with it yes yeah the owner jenny levison a couple years ago started the zadie project which is a nonprofit. Um, and what the nonprofit does is it has this twofold mission. And so the first is more immediate. It's um, getting soup into the hands of people in Atlanta who need it. So children, seniors, families. Um, and it's, you know, it's the soup that customer, the same soup that customers come in. So it's right. um, a lot of the produce is made uh, at the farm at the West Side location. And, um, 
and so that's the first part is just getting soup to to hungry people in Atlanta. Right. And then the second part is this farm that I just mentioned. It's a one acre farm um, right behind the West Side location. You would it's a um, non traditional pl- place for a farm. Yeah. You wouldn't really expect it to be there. Um, but she has this great guy, Farmer Jeff, who mm-hmm. uh, tends the farm, and they have people come out and take classes there and learn about um, you know urban farming and ways that you can farm even in a city like Atlanta. They have these compostable bags where you can grow things right in the bag um, and things like that. So the idea is basically getting getting soup to people who need it and then also teaching people about um, nutrition and how you can um, farm in Atlanta. All right. So so it has it has several levels to this mission. That's exactly. Great. And there's one more, which is um, people are actually have probably helped with this nonprofit and they don't even know it because every time um, her famous My Dad's Turkey Chili is sold, right. the cost of that bowl at all four locations goes back into the nonprofit. Huh. So if you order that chili, you're you're basically donating to the nonprofit. Great. So, so many of you have uh, have helped out without even realizing. Exactly. It. Good job. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, uh, well, that's great. So, so you talked to several of the people who are involved with this. Exactly. We talked to the owner Jenny Levison. We talked to um, the manager at the West Side location. We talked to Farmer Jeff, and we also talked to um, a couple of the volunteers who the, the staff um, is part of the. Um, people who make the soup but the other part is just volunteers and a lot of them come from people who just go into super jenny and they they hear about the zadie project right. and they say hey i want to help so they come in and they package the soup so that's great yeah. well mm-hmm. awesome well that sounds like a it sounds like a terrific uh, organization and uh, uh especially this time of year it's like people are looking for ways to give back so uh that's always always great to hear about Absolutely. So, well, let's, uh, without further ado, let's uh, find out more about the Zadie Project. An hour before Super Jenny's wildly popular Westside location opened its doors one recent day, employees were inside busily preparing tomato artichoke soup. But they weren't just making it for the many customers who would soon fill the restaurant, forming a long line leading to the register. Staff and a couple volunteers were also packaging the food to donate to hungry children and seniors in Atlanta. So this is obviously the West Side, our West Side restaurant, and this is our uh, kitchen. We're doing double duty today, getting ready for the day and uh, working on the Zadie project. So it's a little bit of a mess, but we've got fabulous volunteers happening today. Um, And basically all we're doing is packaging soup that will be taken to those programs and it's coming off the stove and you're welcome to walk around and see what you need. You can look happy, ladies. (laughs) They're miserable. (laughs) Uh, And so we're doing a little bit of everything. We've got our chefs here working, getting ready for the day. This is Jessica. She makes all the soup every week. She's a very important person. (laughs) She's also not wearing makeup like me today. and you're welcome to go around back and shoot any of the soups. This is Cesar, he's our chef at the restaurant, and he's just getting ready for his day as well, for a busy day of service. 
Super Jenny has gained scores of loyal customers since opening nearly 20 years ago, with its beloved turkey chili and rotating seasonal offerings such as gazpacho, sandwiches, and salads. Today, owner Jenny Levinson operates four of the cafes, and the name is very familiar to many, but Levinson's two-year-old nonprofit, The Zadie Project, is lesser known. While we sat at a table in the colorful eatery, the comforting noise of staff preparing for a busy morning in the background, Jenny talked about the nonprofit's mission. Uh, we have two missions. One is to serve the need of the community, so we grow food, turn it into soup, and then donate it, uh, donate it to kids in uh, the Title I school system, as well as other families and seniors that are in need. Uh, and then we also use our farm. We have an acre out back that we use for educational purposes as well. Very cool. And how did, um, how did the concept come about? How did you come up with this? I think it really um, came about from my wanting to do more. Uh, you know, when you're in the restaurant business, you're always asked to give back and help the community. And I just wanted to really do it in a bigger way on a daily basis and include uh, the people that eat here. Uh, so one of the things, if you don't know, is that if you come and you eat my dad's turkey chili at any of our restaurants, the cost of that bowl of soup goes back into the nonprofit so, you know, we can make soup and donate it so that our customers are involved whether they want to be or not. Do you think that you mentioned, you know, being in the restaurant business, people often um, want you to give back. Do you think that uh, restaurants have a responsibility or an obligation to kind of have that altruistic component to it? You know, I think everyone has that. <laughs> we should all be giving back to our own communities. So I think restaurants, more than most, are asked to do it. And I wouldn't say that that should be part of your mission, but I think we should all think about it and be involved as much as we can. You mentioned that part of it is helping people get soup that may need it. How do you find the, um, the recipients who may need the soup? We really have a very grassroots uh, pr approach that a lot of nonprofits that don't have a lot of money to spend on, you know, advertising. Uh, we do it through social media, through word of mouth. You can, we can find out what the Title One schools are. Um, we know those kids are getting breakfast and lunch at school, but maybe not getting a dinner meal. So we try to partner uh, with the with after-school organizations, you know, that might have a link to those situations. So just really, and through our, we have a website now, so you can contact us if you need help. Okay, very cool. Um, and so today we're here, it's a, it's a Tuesday, and I believe this is your weekly day that you package soup. So can you tell us a bit about what everyone's doing back there? Absolutely. So every Monday and Tuesday we cook the soup. So we're, I think today we're doing 400 quarts. So you can imagine that takes up a lot of room on the stove. And then we, um, a couple of volunteers from work as well as volunteers from the community will come in and we will package up all of that soup. And then it gets boxed up and distributed for those groups. And they actually will come and pick it up tomorrow and Thursday. And so the soups change also all the time, depending on, you know, what we, it could be what we have growing, what we decide, you know, as long as it's a good, nutritious meal. And so that brings us to the farm here yes. at the Westside location. Yes. Um, how, so you said it's about an acre, right? Yes. So how much um, food do you have to bring in from elsewhere for this location? 
Oh, as far lot. as the restaurant? Oh, okay. <laughs> and maybe you should uh, interview the farmer that we have sitting next to me as well. But, uh, I mean, if farming is backbreaking work, and he does an incredible job all by himself out there. But when you even look at that much land, you know, we're a volume, high-volume restaurant when you think about how much produce we go through every day. Mm -hmm. So it's not realistic unless we had acres and acres to just solely use our, our, our own farm for the food so we're bringing in a lot of other produce from other local growers there's a great co-op uh, called global growers in Decatur you know from other sources as well um, but we I mean everything he grows is used no doubt <laughs> all the time <laughs> but we need more and so the Zadie project yes um, where does the name Zadie come from? Uh, the name Z Zadie is Yiddish for the word grandfather. So I named it that, that after my father, who ever he's sort of the Zadie of my family, and he's the person that gave me my very first soup recipe, which has become our most popular soup, my dad's turkey chili. So it's really just my little ode to him, who he is 91 and still going strong. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Um, and you, you also had Cafe Jonah yes. named after your son. Yes. Um, so how much does uh, your family influence your work? <laughs> Obviously a lot. <laughs> you know, if you look at any of our restaurants, I'm always surrounded by, I put up pictures of family and friends. So I figure if I'm going to be at work all the time, I want to feel comfortable like I'm at home. So uh, they influence what I do a lot because they're a part of it. A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. During Owner Appreciation Month, finance get $3,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 and dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers are qualified. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. Bringing it back to the Zadie project a bit, what are, so it's two years old now, what are your um, hopes and, you know, vision for it um, going into the future? Um, well, my vision is really local. I'm not trying to, like, expand beyond my own community, but we're hoping by the end of 2019 that we're going to be donating 1,000 quarts of soup a week. Right now we're at about 400, and we're by the end of this year we'll be at 500. So you know that, and that takes up a lot of space. So it means like getting more refrigeration donated. It, it's different steps. So really, that's my hope that we're you know we're feeding kids. They're starting to have analytics come back from the schools that shows their grades going up when they have like real nutrition, proper nutrition. Uh, so we we want to be tapped into all of that, and then we hope to really continue and grow the education side and bring people out to the farm and and show them you know why it's important to not eat processed food or if you look around the back of our restaurant you'll see a lot of things growing in bags and and showing families you can grow you know I think we talked about you can almost grow 40% of, of your food needs in these bags like on your back porch so if you're willing to give it some time you know it doesn't necessarily take money but it takes time to grow your own food uh, but it's possible so just to teach people more about that and how, you know, to trying to get away from uh, that processed food, which leads to the much higher doctor bills than you mm -hmm. might have. Yeah. 
<laughs> and how are people able to um, to come to the farm and learn learn more about it? You can. Um, we have a the zadieproject.org, our website. Um, you can go. You can send in ask for volunteer information. You can, most days Farmer Jeff is here. You can show up and uh, go out there and see him. You know, there's we're easy to find, <laughs> and everyone's welcome. What do you need um, from from the community to help the Zadie Project grow? I think we need more kids. Uh, we need um, groups to more people to feed. You know, we're about halfway to our goal, so we're always looking for a group uh, to feed. We need, um, you know, we're always fundraising because it costs money. You know, all everything from the packaging to you know, we do. We use mostly volunteers right now, but eventually it would be nice to have someone, a grant writer, that could write grants. You know, things cost money. So that's how you can help in lots of different ways. The restaurant's general manager, Keith, said Jenny's belief in doing good has been contagious for him and the staff. Working on the Zadie Project and talking to the groups who receive the soup has become something he looks forward to each week. As far as like a day-to-day -day thing for myself, um, I just love giving like two or three hours a week to coming in here and helping and organizing it, um, getting everything set up. We've really lucky to have some volunteers. Some of our customers heard about it, so I've got a list of like 10 or 12 customers who have wanted to play a role, and they've come in on their day off. Of course, we feed them lunch and uh, uh, ha have fun with them. Um, I mean, the big thing is on two days a week, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we just come in and put an extra like two or three hours of work. So it gets a little bit hectic back here, but we all have fun. And then the other cool thing that I like to do is since I've visited all the uh, places we donated to and met some of the people, I'm fortunate enough to be in their, in their buildings. I like to share stories with them, with the staff, so that they know uh, what a difference they're making. And I love coming back with like, I've only done it a couple of times, like pictures or stuff, but at least I can come back with stories and let them know they're making a difference. And uh, again, it all starts with, I mean, Jenny just has this belief in doing good and giving back, and it just has traveled down to you know, me and all the rest of the staff. So it's really, it's been great. I look forward to this every week. Well, I think um, my friend Kelly and I would do just about anything to help Super Jenny. Um, she has a really big heart, and we're happy to do anything we can to help feed Atlanta. I have a soft spot for people that are hungry, um, and this is just a great organization. Amanda Marmons and Kelly Griffin both volunteer for the Zadie Project. They stood in the kitchen ladling the fragrant soup into quarts and popping the lids on top. Um, I've always done volunteering. I did Meals on Wheels for a really long time. I kind of retired from that. But I, I like the food aspect. I, I love food and feeding people. And just another way to do that. I'll even show you here. So here I have peas with, uh, let me find some peas for you. Here we go. Here we have some peas growing with the collards. The man known as Farmer Jeff maintains the farm with an obvious enthusiasm for growing food in interesting ways. He walked up and down rows of vegetables, stopping every now and again to show us different equipment and produce. So like that was um, over there is okra plants, and you can see we just chop it up right up and leave it in the bed and let it decompose right there. So we got some, that's a green tea there. Um, that's a, a tea plant. Actually, that came from a, a home in uh, some plantation in Savannah that originally came from the 1700s, so it's kind of cool. It's been around oh. for a while. Yeah, to have that. And we have olives and figs and pomegranates. 
part of the, all part of the education where kids can like, oh, that's an olive tree. Ooh, that's what that looks like, and that's what a green tea plant looks like when we talk about tea. And then I can go into the discussion of tea is brown and how it gets brown and ferment when it ferments and whatever they do with it. The farm is a year old. Um, this is our first growing season, first full growing season. Last year we built and grew, but this year is our first full growing season. And we try to, we're working towards year-round growing uh, as much as we can. Um, one of the ideas, so we have different concepts and ideas part, because we are an educational, what, what I call is a, we're a productive educational farm. And what we mean by that is that we're actually growing for the store and the soup for the, that goes into the, the kids' soups. Um, but also, um, we're also educating people what stuff should look like and what things look like in beds and, and how, uh, how to grow it. Um, so uh, the grow bags is one concept that we, that we put out is that the idea that uh, if your house is where the fence was and you have a little space like that and you have the sun, you can grow year-round different products. And that's what we have here. We have kale and collards and different herbs and uh, uh, onions and things like that growing here in, in these bags. And these bags are breathable. Uh, they let the water out. Um, and they have handles so you can move them. So it's a really, it's a, it's a cool uh, way to grow. So one of the goals that I have, one of the things besides being educational is how can we continue to keep our beds alive in full soil? And that's uh, different cover crops, and really, the, what I'm trying to do is try to, how do, we take, how, how do we take care of our soil so we don't have to keep adding compost back in, but just make it a, a constant, uh, constant soils building on its own, using uh, wood chips and coffee grounds and, and cover crops and green manure and things like that, where we're constantly adding things uh, to the soil. And you'll see some out there uh, that is where we're building our soil in the beds with the product that we're growing. And that's sort of what I'm trying to do. Us come up with systems to do that. And so that's why we have huge piles of wood chips. And usually what we do is we do a tour and one of the things that we're working on, <clears throat> and I'm perfecting even more and more, is we do a tasting tour where the kids taste and smell different things as we walk around. And like the edges there is all different herbs. And generally we have more stuff within the bed, but um, uh, that way we can taste and, and and eat. And then we eat along the way too. So if we had better peppers, I'd go in there and pick out a pepper for them and cut it and have them all taste it. He even let me try some eucalyptus. This is a eucalyptus. And it's real tasty. Go ahead, take a chomp. Pretty, pretty yummy, huh? Mm -hmm. Now, if you would smush it in your fingers like I do with the kids. First they smell it, and then if they want to taste it, they taste it. We did backwards with you. And you can smell. Mm. Isn't that yummy? Mm -hmm. So the more, more you warm it up, the more will come out, more of the oils. Yeah, I don't think I've ever eaten straight. Or tasted like it, yes. Yeah. Very cool. It's all part of the whole fun of what we do. The Zadie Project goes beyond serving the immediate need of the community with homemade soup, by also working to educate people about urban farming and healthy food preparations. So next time you order a bowl of my dad's turkey chili, feel free to give yourself a pat on the back in addition to your stomach. Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days.
There's something for the entire family at a very merry holiday pops, a musical holiday extravaganza from the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, led by assistant conductor Stephen Mulligan. Baritone Inman Ford, a regular soloist with the ASO, will serve as both singer and co-host. A Yale graduate himself, Maestro Mulligan, has invited the university's celebrated singing ensemble, the Whiffenpoofs, to join the orchestra for some holiday vocal cheer. Start making your lists and being nice. You might even get a visit from Santa and his reindeer. 8 p.m., December 20th and 21st at Symphony Hall. That's a very merry holiday pops, the musical extravaganza from the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Get more information at atlantasymphony.org. If you're not feeling particularly festive, there's one sure way to give your mood a holiday jumpstart. Go check out one of the many holiday light shows on display in and around the metro Atlanta area. It's the best way to get into the spirit of the season. Magical Nights of Lights at Lake Lanier is the annual celebration at what is now known as Margaritaville at Lanier Islands, and they've added license to chill Snow Island. It's a wintertime attraction that features a new ice skating rink, a massive new snow tube hill, carnival rides, and snow play areas. Find out more at LanierIslands.com slash Margaritaville. Other locations lighting up the night with a splash of color are Stone Mountain, where you can also play in the snow, Six Flags Over Georgia with Holiday in the Park, the Atlanta Botanical Gardens Garden Lights Holiday Nights, Callaway Gardens Fantasy and Lights, and Life University, where the drive through Lights of Life has been bringing a sparkle to Cobb County since 1989. Go to AJC.com slash holiday for more information on these and other wintertime activities. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Bob Seger has announced that he's retiring from the road, so his upcoming show at Gwinnett's Infinite Energy Arena might be your last chance to catch the 73-year-old live. Seger has a stellar list of nearly 20 top 40 hits and a few classics that never made it to the charts, including Turn the Page and Rock and Roll Never Forgets. Some interesting trivia about one of his biggest hits Shame on the Moon, written by Rodney Crowell, never hit number one, but sat in the number two position for four weeks. What was stopping it? Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. Surprisingly, Seeger's only number one was 1987's Shakedown. Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band come to the Infinite Energy Arena at 8 p.m. December 22nd. Tickets for the show are $69 to $119, and you'll find those at infiniteenergycenter.com. Those creative dad's garage improvisers throw Scrooge for a loop in Invasion, A Christmas Carol. In this unusual seasonal production, Charles Dickens meets someone new every night. The show is spontaneous and unpredictable, and no two performances are ever the same because the invader changes every night. Invasion, A Christmas Carol continues through December 30th at Dad's Garage Theater. The tickets for that are $25.50 to $47.50, and they're available at dadsgarage.com. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to accessatlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Ryan Horn, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. 
During Owner Appreciation Month, finance get $3,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 in dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers are qualified. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark.